It's the Hot Stove presented by the Cup of Mets podcast. I'm Ian Bosniak, joined alongside by Robert Venegas, as always. Before we get going, remember to give us a follow on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. We are at Cup of Mets. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Lastly, be sure to use code Cup of Mets on SeatGeek to yes, get what, whether it be sporting events, concerts, punch in that code, get $20 off your first purchase on SeatGeek, and away we go. Episode 16, let's do it. Robbie, how you doing, my friend? Uh, pretty good, Ian. I mean, again, you know, one more day till February break for us, so that's always good. And at the same time, I went to go get my haircut, and my barber's sick, and I got there, 30-minute drive. But, hey, that's the type of week we're having. You know, we're trying to make positive out of a negative. But yep. at the end of the day, uh, one day closer to Mets baseball. Yes, sir. Yeah, dude, we're almost there. We're almost there. I mean, obviously, Literally. obviously, pitchers and catchers have reported um, the full squad uh, workout. The first one will be uh, – early next week, I believe. And as you mentioned, yeah, we're uh, closing in you and I on, uh, on a little, on a little break and uh, it'll, it will have, we'll, we'll have about two more episodes of the uh, hot stove uh, coming at you following today's episode. Um, And then that will wrap up the hot stove season. And then away we go into season three of the cup of Mets podcast. Um, A few notes here, obviously, again, as we mentioned, or as I mentioned, um, Pitchers and catchers have reported Edwin Diaz feels 100% is throwing bullpen sessions. You love to see it. He says that his leg is strong as anything. Um, and he looks it in some of those videos, man. He, he, you know, obviously we have to see him against some, some live batting, but it's great to see, uh, you know, sugar back out there on the mound. No, definitely. I mean, again, the fact that he's even saying he's a hundred percent is, is a plus plus seeing him throw off the mound is a plus plus. And again, he was one of the first guys, I believe, to report to Port St. Lucie, which is also another plus plus. Uh, I think in general, it's just good to have a guy like Sugar back in the locker room, back in Port St. Lucie with the team. And, you know, again, hopefully not, nothing but big things, hopefully for, for Sugar and the Mets in 2024. Absolutely. And that bullpen, I mean, we've touched upon it recently over the last two episodes, but the additions mm. of Deekman along with Fujinami, you look how deep the bullpen is. You have a Michael Tonk and a Jorge Lopez, who we hope that bounces back. Drew Smith, we hope can keep the ball in the ballpark. Adam Adovino returns. Brooks Raley, you know, the, the bullpen is something that I think that, you know, you and I mentioned we got ex- were pretty excited about. And Matt and I mentioned last episode that we definitely are. So it's really nice to have that anchor at the back end of the at the back end of the bullpen in in Edwin Diaz back. I'm just wondering what type of season he's going to put up. You know what I mean? Like, is it, is it going to be something along the lines of what we obviously 2022 is unprecedented, but are we going to see something as dominant and as filthy as he was in 2022 or? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, again, he's projected to pitch in 64 games this year, according to fan graphs. So that's always a good sign. Um, yeah. What are his figures there? On uh, so again, 64 games projected in six, 64 innings, 38% K rate. Um, a two seven ERA, and worth two point two WAR. Uh, what about his fit? Saves for did some say, reason, did say fit. Oh, here we go. Fit. Boz loves the stat. Fit two twenty nine. Oh, dude, that's, yeah, dude, that's better than his. That's better than his ERA. That that's sixty sixty four saves, or thirty five saves. Excuse me, sixty four saves. No, 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 no. sixty four games. My what bad. Thirty five saves. The, re- the record. 
that'd be funny. But <laughs> now, listen again. We just, I just want to see how he is on the mound. Period. Um, again, missing a whole year obviously hurt us, uh, and you see how much the Mets need him, uh, especially last year. But the year year before that in 2022, historic, 62 innings pitched, um, 32 saves, and he was legit unhittable. So, um, you know, ERA gonna... was like one three one, right? Yeah, yeah, one three one. But again, I'm not trying to say he's going to repeat that type of season. It's very hard to do. But if he's not around that unhittableness again, then maybe we raise our eyebrows in eyebrows in concern. But um, again, I really think he's going to be around that two to two five ERA. Um, and again, hopefully thirty plus saves. So, did you just create a word? Unhittable, <laughs> unhittableness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how you that. know uh, it's been a while. You and know it's been what? A week. <laughs> That's a good Instagram post. Unhittable, unhittableness. 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 <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have to go back over that. Yeah, definitely. With that, yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree with what you said. Definitely tough to repeat that type of success, but anything close to that, and I think the Mets bullpen is looking good, and especially at the pieces around them, as I mentioned before, um, some of them can bounce back, and um, you know, it, it could end up being a pretty pretty deep and solid pen. Other notes when it comes to spring training, Brett Beatty looks bigger, looks thicker, <laughs> looks stronger. What are yeah. your expectations from Brett Beatty <laughs> now, now that we're, you know, recognizing, hey, he is that starting third baseman going into the 2024 season. Obviously, what have you seen so far in camp? Um, but then also, what are your, again, expectations going into the year? I mean, listen, I would love Brett for Brett Beatty to be that guy that we all expect to like fill David Wright's shoes, but unfortunately, um, that probably will not happen. But at the end of the day, I think if we get a, a solid fifteen to eighteen home runs out of out of him in like four hundred or so plate appearances, um, then you know I'd be comfortable jogging him out there every six seven days a week. Um, my my only concern is the glove. Obviously, he had a lot of growing pains and a lot of errors last year. Um, a lot of brain farts. So we're uh, that, I'm looking. I'm glad he's bigger. I'm glad he's stronger. But I'm looking to see if he can man down that hot corner and and uh, really solidify his spot in the in the Mets' future plans. Now, when you say man down the hot corner, are you talking defensively or offensively speaking, or both? I'm again offensively. He's going to be probably slated seventh, eighth, or ninth in the lineup. Um, I'm not really too concerned about that because again, you've seen those flashes. You've seen that potential at the plate. Um, I'm more concerned about it on the field because you didn't really see that. That he was comfortable, he didn't look comfortable there. He, you didn't really see flashes at the defense on the defensive end, um, as much as you did it at the plate. Yeah, I mean, for me, going into the year, obviously, both things you have to take into consideration may yeah be difficult to watch, uh, defensively speaking, and up at the dish, and there's going to be growing pains, as you mentioned. You know, I think for me, when it comes offensively speaking, I want to see the guy get on base. Last year, he posted a two seventy five on base percentage and nearly four hundred. Mm-hmm plate appearances right so strike out less yeah exactly strike strike out less i mean he struck out at a 28 percent clip last year in the bigs um worth worth only uh 68 weighted runs created plus i mean that's um that's alarming when he was um posted 146 weighted runs created plus in triple a in 26 games before his call up last year so again obviously there's a big difference between the minors and the majors but I need to see those steps. Obviously, I want to see him field his position. I want to see him make 
a solid throw to Pete Alonso instead of, you know, stretching the polar bear out to his, you know, max. I, you know, I want to see him make those routine plays. I want to see him, you know, be efficient on, on, on bunts. Right. But, you know, offensively speaking, I want to see that growth more so than anything else, because if Brett Beatty shows what he did last year, again, then I think it's kind of telling that we have an issue long-term at third base. Right mm-hmm. now, that doesn't mean that Mark Vientos doesn't get some reps at third base and he hits. And then, you know, it's Vientos's position until, you know, Mauricio comes back, yada, yada, yada. Right. But I want to see the development from Beatty at the dish. And, you know, when you're looking at projections going to this year, you know, Zips normally gives players the most pop. Um, they have them slated to play in 128 games, 523 plate appearances, hitting 19 home runs, driving in 67 runs worth 102 weighted runs created plus two war um the steamer so those are the two probably the two most prolific projection um you know outlets you would say the steamer has him hitting 15 home runs in 104 games 50 ribbies 320 uh, 320 on base percentage 105 weighted runs created plus worth 1.5 war so i would i would take those numbers because that's definitely growth you know you're seeing a the pop B, you're seeing him get on base. They both have him 320 um, mm-hmm. at, uh, on base percentage. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing growth both defensively and offensively. I just I hope we get that because there are other spots that you look at where his on base percentage is hovering around 300 and he's only slated to hit 10 to 11 home runs. So I want to see that growth at the dish. You know, I think it's I think it's important to watch him spray the ball because we know that he can naturally spray the ball, but also I want to see him pull some of those down and in, you know, change-ups, um, those down and in fastballs that pitchers are trying to jam him on um, and, you know, golf them out to right. You know, he, he didn't necessarily, I, I can't really think of anything offensively speaking last year that I can really say, wow, he did that really well. You know what I mean? Whether it be going up the middle, the opposite way, pulling the ball. Um, so it's just a big question mark going into 2024 i think third bases in general um the last thing that i wanted to mention about spring training what the hell are up with the uh uniforms <laughs> what is nike doing i mean apparently the name on the back of the jersey is smaller dude it looks like a, it looks essentially the jerseys look like they're built for adults but mm-hmm. the name <laughs> is like a youth name it's yeah. like the name just fits over the number. Uh, you like know, youth the size jersey. Yeah, youth size jersey. You know, the like, excellent um, Pulitzer Prized uh, writer, uh, Tom Gooden, right? Yeah. Yeah, the. Uh, <laughs> Tom Gooden. Yeah, the uh, Tom. Yeah, the uh, the Mets beat troll. Um, <laughs> he he put out a really funny like photo that. earlier today where the. The font was like absolutely minuscule on the back <laughs> of the uniforms. Um, but it's true. They look so dumb. Yeah. You and know I, what it reminds me of, honestly? What? What? It reminds me of like those Little League jerseys like that we would get for Town Ball. And like we'd have like yeah. a sponsor on the back. Yeah. It's like Mario's Pizza or like or like whatever. Yeah. Sponsors. And it yeah. was just like regular font. So small though. Because yeah. it was just Little League jerseys, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, Mendy... That's a good example. Obviously, Mendoza's not like the longest last name in the world, but Mendy's is funny because all the letters are fit together. I just dropped my mm-hmm. pencil. Um, all the letters are 
fit together very tightly. Um, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen like Fujinami yet. That's the name <laughs> that I want to see. I want to see yeah. Shintaro. Yeah. You know, I want to yeah. see some of those names. Um, the last, the long last names you're talking about. Yeah, or like, like I don't know where Bryce Montes de Oka is, but mm. Montes de Oka, you know, like I'm. Yeah. I don't well, know. even like Christian Scott, that video you sent me, the Christian Scott one, it did look smaller than than you know, like it, it was like over the numbers, really small. Yeah, they look absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, the hats are the hats are cool. The orange hats. Yeah, the orange hats are pretty cool, but. Yeah. We'll talk to Fonz about that, <laughs> about the jerseys. We should, we should, yeah. We should, yeah. Saw him in Seven Eleven. Uh, nice. And we talked about doing a collab, so we'll figure that out. Perfect. Awesome. On to the uh, weekly segment of uh, the Bat DH talk. Um, <laughs> not, not so much to get into. Jorge Soler finally signed three years, forty-two million dollars. He's heading to the Giants. The Giants get their big bat. Whatever. Enjoy San Francisco. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that we all expected uh, him to get a little bit more than that. Uh, or $14 million? Well, he got, I mean, again, I know he got a, what, like he got around uh, what would have been like the Marlins. Uh, opt- if he opted in, like the Marlins would have paid him the money he got. Yeah, it was 14, f- yeah. $14 million per year. So, yeah. So Solaire gets $14 million per year. Obviously, we can all look at each other and say, mm, the Mets should have made a move on that early on in the offseason if that was going to be his price tag. But I think price tags are dropping right now and teams are just picking up. You know, you see some of the guys who signed early on, um, even bats, you know, and you wonder how they got those type of figures. You know, then you look at a guy like, obviously, Solaire, who only signs for $14 million, that can hit 35-plus home runs and nearly drive in 100. Um, yeah. You think that a was a lot of guys still out there, though? Who? A lot of guys still out there. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Uh, do you think that was a missed opportunity by the Mets here with uh, Solaire? Uh, I mean, listen. As much as I wanted the Mets to get him and sign him and all of that, fourteen million. That's it. That sounds like a steal. But again, you gotta understand that he's got to. We'll see if he actually does hit thirty to thirty-five home runs. He probably will. I think the Mets are just kind of trying to save for the long run in twenty twenty-five. Hopefully, get re-sign Pete Alonso, but, and then get more in 2025 with everything, with all that debt money coming off the books. But, um, you know, no, I, 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 I think right now, obviously it's a missed opportunity, but again, in the long run, I think we'll be all right. I think had the Mets known his price tag was going to be $14 million annually and only getting three years early on the off season before the Mets allocated money elsewhere, I think the Mets would have done it. But at this point in the off season, you know, Matt and I were talking um, extensively last episode at this point, whatever the Mets spend, you're essentially slapping a 30% tax on that figure, right? Because the Mets are exceeding the threshold. So, you know, just like we mentioned when the Mets, when the Blue Jays signed Justin Turner, Turner really would have cost the Mets $30 million or he Solaire would have cost the Mets $30 million. A guy like J.D. Martinez, you said bats are still out there. Is that the bat you're talking about? I mean, he'll still cost the Mets $30 million bucks, but it'll be on a one-year deal. Would you would you still entertain that, or do you think that it's just – no. It's No, nah, I think the Mets are just set on giving the young guys a chance, and I'm all for that. So, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, I think that um, – I think that it was tough for me to swallow, especially I, – I don't want to get to – 
it to be like May or June and, you know, J.D. Martinez or someone is slashing elsewhere and the Mets are really missing that bat. We're all looking at each other like, crap, it was another missed opportunity. Like we should have added him or this yeah. guy or that guy. But which we which we oftentimes do, you know, um, a lot of times, a lot of times. Yeah. My earliest uh, me remembering was um, when the Mets needed a second baseman. Mm-hmm. right after when Jose Valentin was falling off and Orlando yeah. Hudson was the name that was being floated around yeah. and such a good hitter. And the Mets just went. Orlando Hudson. Can I Orlando name on? Huh? Can I name on? Yeah. When, when the Mets signed Chris Young, the right fielder for one year, $7 million deal. And Nelson Cruz got the same deal with another team. Yeah. And Nelson Cruz had like 50 home runs and Chris Young, like fell off the face of the earth. Chris Young was dropped. I think, uh, by June yeah. or July, right? Yeah. Yeah. What a crappy signing that was. <laughs> I'm changing my vernacular, Rob, from shitty to crappy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I see why. I appreciate that. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's crazy though. Orlando yeah. Hudson. What a name. Yeah. But listen, I I'm 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 excited to watch Mark Vientos over you know a full mm-hmm. season, 162 game slate. You know, obviously. We've mentioned some of his projected numbers that have come out via Steamer and Zips. Zips has him hitting 22 home runs, driving in 72, 103 weighted runs created plus. That on-base percentage could be better at 304. Um, The Steamer, 15 home runs, 45 RBIs, 108 weighted runs created plus, 244 batting average, 310 on-base percentage. So it it looks like the Steamer opposed to Zips is more conservative when it comes to how many games the player is actually going to play and how many at bats. So their numbers are a little reduced. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mark Vientos, I think is a guy who, if he can shorten his swing a little bit, not strike out as much um, and have a better eye. Obviously those are all like, wow, if you can do those things, then you're in a really good spot, right? (laughs) No shit. Or no crap, whatever. Um, But you know, I think that if he makes contact, we know we know that he's going to hit the ball hard. He was if he qualified AB wise, he would be in within one of the top percentiles last year when it comes to hard hit percentage. So, Vientos is a guy that I'm optimistic in Mark Vientos. If again, if he could shorten his swing, not strike out as much, and make more contact, and I, I think that he could be a really really solid piece for the Mets. Yeah, definitely. And again, I, I loved how SNY or or the or whoever Twitter, all these Twitter guys, they put Vientos's projected numbers and JD's like next to each other for this year, and it's vastly similar. Yeah, you know, obviously JD had a more of a, or I think who was it, Mark or JD that had a better WAR? It was Mark. It, it was mostly yeah. it was mostly Mark because I think that they assumed that he would be getting some reps at third base. Yeah, so yeah. The defense playing, also playing first. Yeah, to the defense. Right, well, yeah, that's accounts. all right. But all in all, I think it's smart, and David Stearns make, is making us realize that, you know, we are a team that is analytically sound, and we're gonna go by projections, and we're gonna we're gonna give the kid a shot or a chance at a low price, at a team friendly price, opposed to paying that thirty million dollars essentially to a guy who could essentially put up the same numbers. What type of development are you looking for um, from Mark Vientos when it comes to just the eye test going into 2024 and looking at his numbers? What are you looking for? 
Well, again, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head. You know, he's his uh, right now his position or his spot on the team or to, or in order to make the team is to hit the ball. You know, is to is to work on that swing, shorten up, not strike out as much. Because if you're gonna consistently play DH or consistently hit against left-handed pitchers and be that platoon DH with DJ Stewart, then you know, again, you got to focus on putting the ball in play being the hitter that you're projected to be. I mean, again, he does smoke the ball every time he makes contact or when or or when he hits home runs, he smokes the ball. So, again, I think if he just gets that 300 to 400 at-bats, he'll make something out of it. My projected numbers, you want my projected numbers too? Yeah, toss them out, screw it. I'll go, I'll go, I'm not a big, like, average guy, but I'll probably, I'll probably go 230 average, but okay. with a solid 19 home runs. Considering he gets the 400 to 450 at bats, if he if this is again, this all obviously we're not considering the fact that if he sucks in the first two months, he'll probably get sent down. All right, but again, in a full course, I think he could again 230 to with 19 home runs. And I do like the not the 72 RBIs that was projected, but I do see him hitting 68 RBIs to, to maybe peaking at 75. If he could do that, I'm all on board. Yeah, exactly. Especially if he's being positive about it, you know. Especially if he was, you know, not striking out as much and reaching yeah. base more, that would be an absolute. I do thing. like Vientos, man. I really do. I like a, you know, even when he gets out, he hits the ball hard sometimes. He's, like he's not, dude. He, he doesn't, he, you know. He hits the ball hard all the time, even yeah. even his outs, even his outs. The biggest um, the the yeah. biggest thing for me was uh, 2022, the home run that he hit in Oakland. Mm-hmm. He smoked the ball and it was to the opposite field above the yeah, big... it was like a high it was like a high outside pitch. Yeah, it was a high uh outside fastball mm-hmm. and he just ripped it. I think it was 108 miles per hour off the bat. Yeah. He just smoked it over the wall and right in Oakland, which is a high fence. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like that hitting trajectory trajectory that hitting coaches preach now, like hitting the ball hard and and at a point where it just rises. Yeah, opposed well, to hitting it up or hitting it in a line drive, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. Again, everyone's hitting philosophy is different, but nowadays it's like that's what they're teaching, you know. Yeah. And I wonder how you know? many ABs like DJ Stewart's actually going to get at DH. I mean, obviously he's going to be there, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering if the Mets plan going into the season is like, let's have Mark Nantos face both right and left-handed pitchers. Yeah, I mean, I think that's all consists of how everyone does in spring training. And, you know, again, who uh, who stays healthy and who doesn't. You know, DJ Stewart does have a track record of getting hurt. I'm not saying he will, but I I do want DJ Stewart to platoon. I would love that. But again, that's what we did last year with Vogelbach and whoever the hell else. So Darren again, Yeah. So maybe maybe they just let Mark Vientos rock, like you said, and, and I'm all for that too. That's another example. Say mm-hmm. the Mets could have signed so many players last year. I know. And they opted to retain Ruff and then drop him. Um Whatever, whatever. We're, <laughs> we're done with that. Well, you giving the predictions on uh, Mark Dantos um, brings us into our next segment. And it's something that I was driving home from work today. And I was like, all right, realistically, there's not much to talk about on the Mets front aside from the few notes here early on in spring training. And then we're going to give our top 10 third basemen as well, as well as a collective top 10 DH list. Um, but I figured that for one minute, a timed minute, uh, Rob and I would just kind of go back and forth and ask each other questions where we have to make pre- predictions, whether it be mm-hmm. for the remainder of the off season, spring training into 2024, it can be as little or as bold as possible. 
Um, so it's a new segment. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a new. It's a new segment presented by uh, Mamitas. No, no, I'm <laughs> it's Caleb Presley. That's funny. No, um, but yeah, but while we're, before we get going, remember to uh, use code Couple of Mats on C on SeatGeek. SeatGeek get twenty dollars yeah, off. Twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download SeatGeek. Get after it. Put aside mm-hmm. all those other apps, and uh, yeah, again, use code Couple Mats. Get twenty bucks off. All right. Well, listen, I have the timer here. I will go first. So um, it's rapid fire. So um, <laughs> I just uh, said that. Weird. I just said that weird, didn't I? It's, a little bit. Yeah, but we're it's, good. It's rapid fire. So um, I just want to think of my first question before I press start so that I'm not like <laughs> wasting time right Is off. Is it back and forth or, or? Oh, back back and forth. Back uh, and forth. Rapid fire. I ask you, you answer, you ask me. Okay. A minute? A minute, right, six, a straight minute. Are you ready? <laughs> Jeff McNeil's batting average in 24. 285. Uh, so how many games does Stanley Marte play? 122. Okay. Um, Who ends up being the best relief pitcher out of the crop that we have that are question marks? Uh, Adovino. <laughs> uh how many starts does Sevy make? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Twenty-four. Okay. Um, do the Mets make the playoffs? Wild card three. Ooh. I do wild card three. Um, how many all stars for the Mets? Four. Who do you think makes the all star team from the Mets? Senga, Lindor, Alonzo. Diaz. How many saves for Diaz? 38 and stop. That was good. That was sick. I like that. That was good. That was good. Clap it up. <laughs> that was good. I like that. So again, uh, before we wrap up here, episode 16 of the hot stove, we do have our top 10 third basemans and DHs. Um, the DH is a collective list. I'm going to run through that right now. Going to 2024, our top 10 DHs, myself, Robs, and Mats, Shohei Otani, Dodgers, one, Jordan Alvarez, Astros, two, Josh Naylor from the Guardians, three, Anthony Santander, four from the Orioles, Kyle Schwarber from the Phillies, five, Marcelo Zuna from the Braves. I am Ozuna. Um, <laughs> Jorge Soler from the Giants. Joey Manessis from the Nationals, Christopher Morell from the Cubs, and Mitch Garver from the Mariners. So, again, those are our top 10 DHs. Um, before Rob and I rip off our top 10 third basements, I am going to dish out Matt's because Matt is currently in San Diego while we freeze our uh, asses off here in New York. He's enjoying San Diego, uh, the same place that he was complaining about going a couple weeks ago. So um, <laughs> good for him. Um, his top 10 third basements. At number 10, he has Royce Lewis uh, from the Minnesota Twins. At nine, he has uh, Josh Jung uh, from the Rangers. Seven, uh, excuse me, eight. Oh, boy. Matt Chapman, who uh, currently plays for uh, the free agency. Seven, uh, Nolan Arenado, <laughs> Cardinals. Six, Alex Bregman from the Strohs. Five, Manny Machado. I don't need to say the teams. You know where they're from. 
Four, Gunnar Henderson. Well, he's from the Orioles, if you don't know Gunnar. <laughs> Three, yeah. Mr. Austin Riley. Two, Raphael Devers. And one, Jose Ramirez. Wow. It's a good list. Wow. It's a good list. You guys are going to get mad at mine? It's crazy how, like, it. it's crazy how the likes of, like, Machado and Bregman and Arenado are, like, falling back. Yeah. We're going to get mad at yours. Why? Because mine's devious. Ooh. All right. <laughs> so then do you want to go first? No, nah, no, nah, you got it. Ah, yeah, I'll go first. I'll go first. Always got to give the host his time, you know, his oh. last, uh, say the best for last list because you always got the top list, I feel like. No, nah, um, I don't know. I don't know. We, we uh, you and I, you and I both got ripped a little bit for uh, putting Lindor number one at shortstop. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because probably because of Corey Seager. Well, yeah, but Corey Seager had a year last year. But what I was saying last week, and what I explained to some people on Instagram, and there were some people that came to my defense, which was cool, is that Seager really, <laughs> Seager really. I think he came back at the end of May last year or something along those lines. He ended up hitting uh, the three twenty seven, did his thing, OPS over a thousand, but he is injured year in and year out. You know what I mean? And, and, and nah, it's, yeah. he's a question mark. So overall you look who posts up, it's Lindor who has yeah. a better all around game defense on the bases. You know, that's why I feel like he gets snubbed all the time for gold gloves. Yeah, no, hundred percent. hundred percent. So that's why, you know, if Corey Seager does what he does again, plays 140 plus games, 150 plus games, he's number one, but I, for now it's Lindor. So, uh, with that being said, Rob, your top 10 third baseman. Uh, I got number 10, the man with the red beard, Justin Turner. Wow. Yes, sir. Yeah, I put him on there. He had a good year last year. Number 10, Justin Turner. Number 9, Tampa Bay Rays, Isaac, Isaac Paredes. Number 8, Royce Lewis. Number 7, Arenado. Nolan Arenado, if you didn't know that. Number 6, oh, okay. I got Gunnar Henderson. Number five, I got Manny Machado. Yep, that one's okay. that one's a hot take, but I got number five, Manny Machado. Number four, Alex Bregman. Number three, Rafael Devers. I know what you're number doing. Number two, I got Jose Ramirez at number oh, one. This is ass. why I said y'all going to hate me. Number you're... one, I love this guy. I hate this. The one brave I actually love, and that's Austin Riley, number one. Wait, what did you just say? Yeah, yeah, he breaks, bro. No, 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 no. I don't care if you say that he rakes, but what'd you just say? What? The one brave that I love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin Riley. He's just pure hitter, bro. Pure hitter. He bro, rakes. You're not allowed to like any players on the Braves. What do you mean, bro? What do you mean? Dude, don't do that, yo. What do you mean? <laughs> yo. What? Bro, in the... <laughs> Whatever, dude. I'm... Yo, relax, yo. You, you you like you like the fact that Chipper Jones called his uh daughter Shay, yo. It's messed up, bro. I can look Basically back saying on that it. he owns us. Well, yeah, but I can look back. Yeah, but he did it with <laughs> whatever, Rob. I'm done. I'm done with this conversation. All right. My top 10 third baseman. Here we go. At 10, I have the free agent Matt Chapman. At nine, I have Isaac Paredes from the Tampa Bay Rays. Rob, our uh Nine through six is identical. Um, All so right. nine is Paredes. Eight is Royce Lewis of the Twins. Really rooting for him. Great story. You and I were talking about it earlier. Um, seven, Nolan Arenado. Crazy that he's at number seven. Six, Gunna Gunna Gunner Henderson. Uh, 
the Orioles. Five, I have Alex Bregman, so he flopped there. Four, I have Manny Machado. Three, I have Austin <laughs> Riley. <laughs> oh, Austin Riley, three. Boo. Two, you got Rafael Devers, too. I have Rafael Devers. Because yeah, you're a Jose Ramirez guy. I'm not just a Jose Ramirez guy. You just said Riley rakes. Ramirez rakes. <laughs> yeah, he does. Jose Ramirez, Jose Ramirez does everything. Yeah, he also boxes. <laughs> yeah, squaring up Tim Anderson. He ended Anderson's career, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he hasn't signed with anybody. No, he has not. No, he is not. I feel that like should take be, a fire. Yeah. I feel not? like he. I feel like he's a good upside piece for a lot of teams. A really good bounce back candidate. Um, what, yo, dude, I'm not even lying, bro. Like, imagine the Mets were just like, "Hey, Anderson, come play second. We'll move McNeil to right. Marte DH." Like, well, I mean, if he doesn't end up signing and Marte is, you know, limping around in right field, and you know, Vientos isn't hitting, you never know what could happen. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's play what's some, play some fun third. about. That's what's fun about the season. You look at the opening, whenever the opening day roster is released, you look at that compared to the end season result, and it's yeah, yeah. It's the time very different. So, And that could go one or two ways. Um, so we shall see. Uh, something else that I wanted to note, um, and we don't really have to even talk about this. It's just really nice to see the diversity of the Mets prospects being noticed. But another prospect list was released today, Fangraphs. Um, Drew Gilbert was, according to Fangraphs, the Mets' top prospect. He's number 52 in their top 101. Jet Williams, number two at 54. Jeremy Rodriguez, Matt's favorite prospect, who we got from the D-backs for Tommy Pham last year. He's at 96. And Christian Scott makes another list. Uh, the tall right-hander, he's at number 98. So uh, good to see some Mets representation in all of those prospect lists. And uh, we will drop our prospect list um, before the hot stove concludes as well. Um, Rob, any final notes? No, again, like I said in the beginning, one day closer to Mets baseball. Um, I'm excited. I think this longevity uh, game plan is going to work out in our favor, considering with all the prospects on our, and, you know, being noticed. And then again, just uh, trusting in the young guys this year. Um, but again, in David Stearns, we trust. In uh, Steve Cohen, I trust. And most importantly, uh, definitely use that SeatGeek code and then again you know hit subscribe hit like listen up uh nothing but love you already know that cover mets baby uh thanks yeah appreciate you there it is there it is with that <laughs> again thanks rob <laughs> again uh use that SeatGeek code download the app if you haven't already uh again that's SeatGeek code cup of mets get 20 dollars off of your first purchase to either any sporting events or concerts um with that Remember to give us a follow on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. We're at Cup of Mets. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And again, as Rob said, one day closer to Mets baseball, one day closer to this hot stove season ending. Um, and yeah, there it is. For Robert Benegas, I'm Ian Bosniak. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Take care. <laughs>